T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. All right, joining us on the show now, University of Miami Safety, Bubba Bolden. Bubba led the team in tackles a year ago with 74. Bubba, thanks for joining us on the show. And also, uh, we want to thank you and congratulate you on making the decision to come back to the University of Miami. I appreciate you guys so much. It's a blessing to be back here, a blessing to, you know, play for Coach Diaz another year and all the new coaching staff and, you know, just trying to win a national championship. When you looked at it and made the decision, what were the benefits in your mind of coming back to the University of Miami? Why was that the right decision for you? It really came down to just my mindset of, of, of being a winner and not being, you know, satisfied with, with you know, just being mediocre, you know. Um, it's not really about me. It's not really about, like, what I want to do. It's more about the team, you know. Um, coming from high school, you know, winning was winning was the only thing, you know, in our mind, was installed in our mind. And, you know, that's that's like what I'm trying to bring back here. That's what Coach Beard is trying to bring back here. And and everyone that, you know, who ran it back and all the older guys, like, that, that's our main goal. Our main goal is to win a national championship, um, win the ACC, uh, and, you know, and go down in history as, as, as one of the best teams, you know. So that's, that's what it all really came down to. Um, you know, obviously we have personal goals, but, you know, the main goal, the, the main task at hand is winning the national championship and bringing Miami back to, to how it should be, how, uh, how it was back in the old days. You know, I don't know if this factored in, into your decision or not, if you had already made up your mind. The last game you played in was against Oklahoma State. All you really had to do was look across the sideline and see a team, Oklahoma State, that while it was a very close game, maybe the difference was their age. They had a bunch of redshirt juniors and seniors on their team that have had a lot of success in the last four or five years. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with that, and 
obviously you, you see how it is and um you know experience in the game experience in college football it will it, it'll take you a long way and you know last year with the whole pandemic going on and um everything it just you know it, it didn't give us a, a full year to to connect as a team you know and, and get that full you know um feeling with each other and you know having this having this year coming back and basically having everyone come back you know we lost a few key players but you know some of the young guys are stepping up becoming juniors and you know having more experience this is just giving our team you know a lot more power um and just giving us a lot more life you know so i feel like this year is our year to 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 do it all and to win it all and plus uh for you you've only had a partial hurricane experience at hard rock stadium no fan, really no fans this year, right? There were some fans. And then uh, the year before, you got uh, there was an injury involved. So you really haven't had that full experience either, right? Yeah, I haven't yet fully, you know. And, and I've heard about all the, you know, how the games used to be, you know, Florida State game and all that, you know, the nighttime games. Um, you know, I haven't really got that. And, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the fans, you know, being there and, you know, you know that, that that's the main part of of you know the Miami experience and, and being out here in Miami. All the fans, you know, we have some of the, some of the best fans in the country, if not the best. So I think I, I think that would be you know a, a good feeling to have them back and, uh, and playing in front of them. I, I would say this about a, about a Miami game at Hard Rock Stadium: the important night games. It's probably a cross between an English Premier Soccer League game. And a and a Las Vegas Raiders game. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I don't I don't know what you know. You can't get much better than Miami, honestly. Weather, um, you know, Hard Rock Stadium, you know, just gives you a different a, a, a different atmosphere. You know, the NFL feeling uh, is you know it's nothing like it, honestly. How about the role that Coach Diaz has played? He's right there with you guys, right? He said, I'm all in. I'm the head coach, and I'm calling the plays on defense. How important was that to you? That was, that was, that was a big thing, you know. Um, seeing Coach Diaz and what he did when he was a defensive coordinator here and, and seeing what, you know, where the defense was and, you know, like stat-wise and how they were ranked in the country, I feel like this is, the you know, the best thing for our team. Um, especially with the players that we have. We have so many good players on our team. Um, and, and Coach Diaz, he, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a genius when it comes to defense. So him, you know, getting all these new coaches, Coach T-Rob, you know, Coach Simmons, you know, the new linebacker coach, you know, Bob Shoup, you know, just all those, all those guys coming together as one and, you know, feeding into Coach Diaz and Diaz feeding into them. I feel like it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's all setting us up for success. You know, you mentioned the the new guys coming in on the defensive staff, and you would have to think that from a player's perspective, that if especially at your position, right, a cerebral position at safety, if you've got a question going into the game, hey, coach, they run X, Y, and Z on offense or whatever it might be. What do you think we should do? You're gonna have a bunch of guys with answers, right? When you uh, when it, when when it comes to breaking down concepts. Everyone, literally everyone on that on on that coaching staff, you know, offense and defense can help us, you know. And then, you know, also you can't forget about Ed Reed. Um, 
he's always there. You can always pick his brain and, and, and what he sees. And so, I mean, we, we, we got so much experience, you know, as coaches and then also as players, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of older guys and, um, we got some new, you know, young stars coming in, and you know, we're just trying to, you know, pave the way for them, and you know, just, just bring that old Miami back, you know. So, you know, I'm looking forward to this year, and you know, looking forward to these new coaching staff, and you know, we're just attacking the spring right now, and just you know, trying to get better every day. You're gonna have uh, Amari Carter is coming back with you, Gervin Hall, yourself. You mentioned some of the young stars. You had a five-star safety coming in. So you'll have competition, you'll have depth, and I think you'll have some physicality. Oh, a thousand percent. You know, with, with, with all the people we got, um, every day is a competition. Every day you don't know you don't know if you're going to be a starter every day. You know, it's so much competition. It's, you know, each player is, is so good in, in so many different ways. You know, we kind of just feed off each other, you know. Especially like last year, you know, me, Gervin, and Amara, we all played. We all have a different way in our game that we see in each other. And, you know, we feed off each other and, you know, we pick each other's brains and we give each other's, you know, pointers on, on what to do. So so at the end of the day, we're all getting better. You know, we're all at one team. And, and no matter who's on the field, um, you know, we're all comfortable with it. Bubba Bolden is our guest, University of Miami Safety. You led the team in tackles a year ago. Where do you want to see your game improve this year? Um, I would like to see my game improve more in tackling. You know, I, I had a lot of missed tackles this season. Um, I would like to see um, more of my man coverage. I got to improve on that, improve on my eye skills. Um, and just, you know, you know, high point the ball, you know, get better at ball skills. You know, I feel like I left a couple of picks on the field or, you know, I, I, I tried to go for the hit when I could have got an interception. So, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, little technique things. Even, you know, T-Rob already said um, he's seen some things in my games where I, I need to clean up. And obviously, you know, week in and week out, I see it too. So um, that's another reason why I came back. You know, I didn't I didn't feel like I was a complete player to, to, to go to the NFL yet. Um, you know, and then obviously when it comes to the weight room, I want to put on, you know, at least 10 or 15 more pounds and get up to like 215. So... You know, I got I got a lot of goals for myself, but you know, main goal, main task at hand is is the team and is winning the national championship. So that's my main focus. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U, AM five sixty and FM ninety six point five HD two WQAM, driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Back on the show, thanks to Bubba Bolden, Don Bailey Jr., and University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. And we are now joined by University of Miami women's basketball coach Katie Meyer. Good evening to you, Coach. How are you? Hi, Joe. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, so let's start here. Congratulations. First, uh, congratulations. And I'm going to ask you it this way. Almost have you close your eyes on this one. You beat Florida State 68-53. It is victory number 300 for you at the University of Miami. 16 years. I've watched every step of the way. you got to reflect on this one for me. This was a long uh 
perseverance, I guess I would use for you, but 16 years, so happy for you to get to that milestone. Can you reflect on your 16 years and what this win meant to you? You know, I mean, I, I'll try. I, I, I don't go there very often. And I'm sure that um, I think it's more so a testament to the university than it is to me. You know, the fact that um, they are so committed to my program and to me and to my vision and my principles and my values that um, they've kept me around this long. <laughs> I mean, that's truly it. Uh, the staff and the and the players um, certainly show up every day and give their best and really are proud Hurricanes too. So. Um, but you don't you don't get you don't get good people unless you have people that allow you to hire good people. And I just think that through the years, um, I just think it's been really important that the University of Miami, from the president's office to the athletic director's office to the senior women's administrator on down, has always you know given the nod. You know, in the in the meetings that I'm not in, you know, in the room where I'm not there, and they say, well, what do we want to do about this? If it's a budget item or a marketing item or something. Um, you know, it, it helps to have people saying, you know, it's important to us. So I think um, it's a byproduct of that. Well, I'd have to go this way with you on it, though. Uh, 16 years ago, I can remember sitting down with you and you were practicing in the night sports complex. In fact, yeah. I, think you played, I think you played the games there as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We played one right? there, yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay. You shared it with uh, volleyball. Uh, yeah. Sometimes there, there might have been, uh, you know, a hole in the floor or something because they had to put up the volleyball net. Yeah. You came in. They pretty much said, here you go. Here's the basketball. And you had conviction on what you could build. You built a program, and you had a conviction on what you could build at the University of Miami. Yeah, I, I do. And I think, you know, part of it is, First of all, you got to find people that fit this place, you know, and, and, and that are hurricanes and that understand, um, you know, if somebody's soft or somebody is not not a risk taker, they're, they're not going to do really well down here. You know, you, you got to be a little bit, you know, not afraid of the edge. I'm not saying that you have to go over the edge, but you got to be able to live on it a little bit and, um, you know, want it and, and like that when your heart's racing and your palms are sweaty that that's the moment, you know, and I think you've got to find players that are looking for that for sure. Um, but the other thing then is, you know, player development. And when we first got here, um, the Watsco Center had just been built. Uh, we did play a game in the Knight Center, but um, we didn't have a practice facility because the Watsco Center wasn't available for practicing all the time. It was like a venue, not so much a basketball arena. So um, that practice facility being built, and coincidentally, ever since that practice facility was built we've been in every postseason since so that's what i'm talking about the decisions that are made above you where it's not even the athletic director it's sometimes the president's office and the people in facilities and you know the the vps in the university that go oh okay because we wouldn't even have an hour and a half to, to practice let alone do skill work outside of it so i think that's been really great now you get players that are hungry and want to have 16 baskets they can you know practice in and you know, shooting machines and rebounding machines and, you know, tossbacks and stuff like that, that you really need if, you, if your mission is, you know, making someone invest in themselves. And, and that's what I try to do. I try to find players who want to invest in this university, but truly know that they put time into themselves. It comes out, it's rewarded, but they got to put in the work. Here's one of the things that's so cool about you. You love the University of Miami so much. And I'm not sure what you thought when you came to the University of Miami 16 years ago. And any business in South Florida can be transient. That's just the nature of where yeah. we live, right? And that would include the University of Miami to a certain extent. But for 16 years, 
you've been a hurricane. You, it's been a part of your heart and soul. Why did you fall in love with the University of Miami? Why did you make this such an important part of your life? You know, honestly, I think part of it is that it's hard. You know, it's really hard sometimes. It's hard to build a program here, and it's and you have to have. So when you look around and you look at the head coaches that I've been rubbing elbows with, you know, and and throughout my career here, you know, to to I mean, you know, I came in and and Larry Coker, you know, came off the road recruiting. It was the first day of football recruiting. And yet he chose to instead be at my press conference. You know, that doesn't happen everywhere, you know. So you start thinking about the Jim Morrises with the rings on their fingers and you're sitting there in a head coaches meeting, and you're looking around and you're looking at new coaches, young coaches, and you're looking at people that have won national championships or the Olympic coach, you know, you got Randy and Amy and, you know, Paige is just an icon. And, and so you get the young, the mix of the young people who come in here and are hungry, kind of wide-eyed like I was but you're sitting in a room with people that are like, yep, yep, I see you, rookie. <laughs> like, I'm looking at you right now. It's, it's going to be hard. But when you get through the hard, you know, you're going to be better than everyone else, and you're going to know it. And that's kind of what I think when our players walk across the graduation stage and they have on that cap and gown, it wasn't easy. You know, the tutors didn't write any papers for them. You know, they, they absolutely were in class. They absolutely were working. They absolutely are travels harder than anyone in the league. You know, it's not easy, but – that's part of it that I think when you get through it or you're midway through it, you think, you know what, <laughs> I'm really crushing it. it it's, it's hard and it's necessary, but, you know, I see the work and it's paying off. So I just love the place for that. Well, we're going to talk about this Florida State game and Virginia Tech coming up. I would just say this, and you mentioned Paige and Amy, and between the three of you, I would say this, that you guys are great examples of what happens when a coach is given time to build and mold yep. a program. This is what yep. happens. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And then there's got to be a commitment to um, women's sports in general and just even the, the female leadership on campus. And um, I, I know Paige and Amy really well, and I'm telling you that there were other opportunities for the three of us, whether we, before we came here or after we've been here. And and when you, when you hear other stories or you look around and you realize, you know, it's really great that, you're, you can go talk to the president. You can go talk to the deans. You can go talk, you know, you can have a one-on-one with the athletic director. I mean, it doesn't seem like that should be so crazy, but it is, and, and it is available here at the University of Miami, and I think the support is amazing. Well, here we go. I love this more than anything. You get win number 300 against Florida State, so that had to be the cherry on top of the cake, and your team played so well, 48 points in the paint. So that just had to be a perfect way to wrap it all up. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'd rather have, you know, maybe, but yeah, I mean, it, I guess I just didn't want it to be a big deal. I didn't want it to be anything that was being talked about. And then you start, you know, uh, so I said, you just stop to talk about 300 wins at Miami. It's it's not career wins. So this was more, this wasn't about me, it, honestly, like my career, whatever. This was more about at the University of Miami, you have Fern before me and now me and both coaches were female and both of them were supported enough to get 300 wins at a place. And I think that's the statement to the university. You know, there's no way that happens just with any, at any other place, no matter how good the coaches are. So I think that when you feel like you're a family and you feel like people are investing in you, um, you get line, uh, milestones like that. University of Miami, you guys are like the Pittsburgh Steelers in women's basketball. You, Fern, and Lynn Dunn. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's just great, and it's great, and you know, it's it's. Uh, I see Fern sometimes, and I I see Lynn Dunn too. She always points at me, so you know, ah, first hurricane. She she lets me know, so um, it's nice. They're, they're good women. All right, you forced twenty three turnovers, twelve steals. Uh, you hold Florida State to fifty three points, and as I mentioned, you get forty eight points in the paint. So that's a pretty good game plan. Well, I'll tell you, we had some time to really get to the grit and get through some of the. You know, and Joe, you know this year's uh, it, it's it's a, it's a harder year to know if your team. I mean, you know, there's nothing to show your investment more than just staying in a defensive stance. I mean, that that's not fun. It's not sexy. It doesn't make Sports Center to just sit there and hold a defensive stance and just say, you know what, guard your yard. Like that's your job. And we had a break like I've never had in coaching and. Uh, when I was watching film, I just kept seeing our stance. I, we were too tall. We were just too tall. Everything was tall. Um, and we were playing game after game after game. And we had five straight row games. And then when we came home, we only had one day. We, you know, we got here later than Georgia Tech arrived. And they were our opponent. They were here in Miami before us. So it was one of those things where we just hadn't had a chance to get home, get our legs underneath us, and just grind. And I think you saw the results of that. Um, it was nice that the game coming up was Florida State because I knew I had my players' attention. And then, you know, the speech I gave in film before the game and the speech I gave in the locker room on, on game day, it was an echo of no one cares. that You know, what? when you come back here 10 years from now and you're at a Hall of Fame banquet or you're at a football game or you're at a women's basketball game, no one's going to say what was your overall record. They're just going to say, how'd you do against Florida State? What was your record against Florida State? And, you know, a lot of my players, like, they really, you know, we have a, some international players and some whatever, but that resonated. It's like, it, this is a legacy game. This is where you say, you know, this is what it is to be a hurricane. And I think I brought the, the 16 years of passion into those two, those two moments to let my team know, and my seniors really responded. Uh, you played about 100 games in a row on the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> we did. <laughs> so now you're about to play four games in eight days. It's like feast or famine. I know, I know. It's 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 it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, lace them up. I keep saying that, and um, that's what it's going to be. But, I mean, the big opportunity is tomorrow night to, that we've been, you know, two home games in a row, like, you know, off of this stretch. And, uh, you know, Virginia Tech's really, really, really good. Um, so we need a special victory. I think the Florida State game was huge for us because, you know, I'm, I'm hearing all this talk about these bubble teams, and they keep talking about North Carolina, and they keep talking about Florida State. And I'm going, well, we beat North Carolina twice, and we beat Florida State. What else do we have to do? You know, and I guess it's going to have to be. You, you better not go. The remaining schedule is every team that they're talking about as a bubble team. And, and I, I'm just looking at the people. that Clemson's one of them. We've beaten them. So I'm just wondering, like, when are they going to start talking about Miami? Because the teams that we have beaten, they're, they're somehow saying, you know, have a power rating above ours. And I'm like, we all have the same schedule. So let's just shut up and, and go win, you know. Let's go get it done. Yeah, keep on powering through this. Uh, um, you're getting some really good leadership, right? And your upperclassmen dominated this game against Florida State. So how important will will that be moving forward? Well, I'll tell you, I think India Banks that, you know, there, there are some players that during COVID just kind of like um, were, you know, isolated or whatever, but had access to conditioning equipment and, you know, they could get at least, you know, on a bike or on a treadmill or, you know, whatever. But India was one that just didn't really. So she, when she came back, she wasn't in as great a shape, and it really took her a while. Plus she had some 
things going on in her family, which she shared about losing two grandfathers during the COVID thing. And it was just, and to see her emerging now and really leading like she's capable of, I think she's just been a very, very special story. Um, and Kelsey Marshall, you know, we, we, it's like you don't want to take Kelsey for granted, but wow, in, in this Florida State game, you know, you always think if Kelsey had a wide open shot that she's going to hit it, and you just assume it's in and she wasn't hitting. And, you know, in, in years past, we might have lost her a little bit in that game, but I'm telling you, there was something in her eyes that she was still battling, still competing. And I was just screaming, like, well, go get a backside rebound. Like, what do you care? Like, go get a – trying to just get the grit in her. And, boy, oh, boy, her third and fourth quarter, that's as good as Kelsey Marshall's played here and still didn't hit a three, you know. And so she's impacting the game in a lot of different ways. But the story of Florida State probably was Taylor Mason, who I, I took out of the starting lineup. And um, she responds with probably having one of her best games of the hurricane. I thought she was really poisoned, just tremendous. You know, you also are to be saluted, just like uh, the men. You have played. You've been available to play every game. Uh, your yeah. team has been available to play every game, which is good. And the downside of it is, you become the uh, the chess piece or the uh, the piece <laughs> on the board, right? Where they can the yeah. checker piece, where they can move you all around. Oh, Miami can play. Let's do yeah. X. You know, let's put them on the road, or let's play four games in eight days. But you become the team yeah. that that is on the playing field. Right. You know, and I think that's just, you know, the definition of what a successful season is. I mean, everyone says, well, this year I'll have an asterisk and I'm like, you know what, or it might have an exclamation point. I mean, you know, I'm not looking for this as an excuse, but I do think that you got to give some credit for the warrior mentality and for the flexibility. And my God, my staff, like, you know, the the ACC conference started out where we were literally on a Zoom call on Friday night with the entire staff, including the trainer, and on a midnight on Friday night going, okay, no no, Duke, we're going by maybe North Carolina. I'll let you know tomorrow by 10 a.m., which was Saturday, and the game was Sunday. Like, that has been happening a lot. And um, just to be like, we just said, come what may, day by day, we just tried to keep this mentality. So, you know, there have been some – some losses that I, you know, just like, dang, like maybe that was a function of some of this stuff, but there've been some wins, you know, and maybe they're a function of the other team. So you just can't, you just can't take a victim mentality. You just got to say, well, you know, we're grateful to play and nobody wants to hear about us feeling sorry for themselves when we're getting to play basketball. So let's just roll up our sleeves and get it done. Especially, you know, Thursday's the breast cancer the pink game and, you know, boy, oh boy, that that's the time to really show courage and, and not be, you know, Crying in your suit. Yeah, tip off uh, tomorrow, six o'clock on ACC Network, Virginia Tech ten and seven. Uh, you both sit uh, number eight in the ACC standings, as you mentioned. Uh, the pink game, so this is a, a huge game, which I guess also is the really good news that we're in the middle of February and you're playing really meaningful games. Yeah, it is. You know, I, I never, I honestly, as much as you know, I was hopeful and optimistic. Um, I, you know, to, to, to get, you know, basically, I mean, it, we're on track to have 18 games, which, you know, is, is a full and, and only last year we went to 18. I mean, 16, 14, I was here when we only, I think played 12, like, so to have this many ACC games, it's not been a regular year, but the volume of games and, and the volume of the competition, you know, has been the same and that the travel hasn't been interrupted. You know, you just, you don't know what, you know, we had talked preseason about, starting the season with all teams in, in the bubble in the, in the, in the North Carolina area. And that, that had some viability to it. So 
you know, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but here we are. So uh, credit to all of the administrations and, and the leadership, because um, it, it, it really does take cooperation within teams and the conference. Yeah, and for the players, there might be light at the end of the tunnel. They've uh, Now the reward is playing meaningful games here for the next two weeks or the four games in eight days. So it's a big challenge, but there could be a big reward as well. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, you know the players might not admit it, but hey, guys, you got – would you rather have four games in eight days? Or you want to go yeah. through ten days with the coaches again, like we just did? <laughs> They're probably right. going to pick the four games because those ten days were were rough. They were rough. Yeah. You know, they were really emotional, really challenging, and we really had to get through a lot. So, um, you know, hopefully the reward is just all right. You know, we got our game rhythm, and you know, we'll we'll see. You know, I like our depth and I like our bench, so so it, it helps us. Okay, the best of luck tomorrow. Uh, Virginia Tech, 6 o'clock, Watsco Center again, uh, ACC Network. And uh, from me, uh, congratulations on the 300 wins at the University of Miami. Uh, I, I know what it's taken for you to get to 300. And yeah. uh, you, you've climbed a pretty darn good mountain, and uh, you have been very persistent with it. So I know it's gone yeah. behind that, so congratulations. Well, and Joe, you know what? It's, it's, it's more than – more that it's not just subtle your support i mean it really helped me too you, you've been great the whole time so i really appreciate you thanks for everything all right congrats and uh, we'll look forward to tomorrow night's game thank you all right that's a uh, university of miami coach katie meyer 300 wins at the university of miami and the best part of that is uh for 300 anyway was uh beating florida state when we come back juno damari joins us we'll talk hurricanes baseball first pitch of the season february 19th that's a little more than a week away against the Gator. We'll talk with uh, Gino coming up next. Now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U. AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM. Driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click WilliamsonCadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki. Can't wait for it. Baseball season is right around the corner. Hurricanes will open up against the Florida Gators. And joining us now, they will open up on February the 12th. Joining us now, Hurricanes head baseball coach Gino Damari. Good evening to you, Gino. Good good to be on, Joe. It's good to hear from you. Uh, I'm told you're having dinner. What, what did you have? <laughs> I just finished my Caesar salad, and we're having baked ziti tonight. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, you should you should enjoy enjoy your home uh, cooked meals for now because in about a week, I know what it's going to be yeah. like. You're going to be eating something on your lap inside the clubhouse. Yeah, or in the hotels on the road, right? right. We won't yeah. be able to go anywhere. So, yes, I'm enjoying one of my last uh, meals here at the house. But uh, I'll, I'll take it, though. We've been waiting a long time to get our season started, so I know we're all looking forward to it. Hey, how excited are your players to play a game? They haven't played a game in a year. Uh, they are very excited, even more so because, yes, definitely the fact that we got shut down last year in the COVID and the been a long time. But you also get tired of you get tired of playing against each other. You get tired of inter-squatting and scrimmaging the same team, same guys. Um, it, it, you, you're looking to play outside competition. So it's going to be uh, – certainly something that I know we're all looking forward to. What are your expectations in terms of the level of play early in the season, probably across college baseball, because as you mentioned, college game was shut down last March. 
Well, it, it, it should if everybody's healthy, which again, you know, that's uh, you don't know what, what what's going to take place with uh, guys being able to play. I, I COVID wise or health wise, I have heard. Knock on wood, we, we our guys are all healthy right now. Uh, but you know, I have seen some guys going down with arm injuries, and I hope that's not related to COVID or anything like that. But I know I've seen through social media some of the concerns, and you saw it in pro ball. You saw the Major League Baseball where guys were going down and not sure if they were in shape or ready. But it shouldn't be the case with us, Joe, in college. We've had a fall. We've had this time in the spring here. And um, so for us, <clears throat> I think college baseball is going to be as good as we've ever seen it, Joe, because of the, the fact that you have so many good players that came back uh, and got an extra year because the draft was shortened by five, uh, two, two five rounds from 40 to five rounds. And the fact that you got a lot of good incoming rookies, high school guys, transfers that didn't sign uh, because, again, of the shortened round. So I think there's more talent on college campuses around the country than there ever has been before. Therefore, I think you're going to see as good a college baseball as you've ever seen, not only this year, but moving forward because you have these really, really good young classes. Watching your team in preseason practice the last couple of weeks, what has you encouraged about your squad? What have you seen? Well, um, we, uh, I, I, I feel good. I think we got a chance to be as good as we've been defensively in a long time. Really excited about some young players uh, in the infield and and in and the outfield. We got some veteran guys both in the infield, and outfield. But along with young players, I, I really feel defensively we might be as good as we've been in a while, which we haven't been very good defensively over the last three, four, or five years. Not to the standards we need to be. Um, you know, it's hard when you're inter-squatting. I've always said this. Coach Morris used to say it. You know, you, you can't – J.D. as the pitching coach and me as the hitting coach for so many years, one's going to be happy at the end of these scrimmages and one's not. You can't have it both ways where the, both the, the hitting coach and the pitching coach, like football, the offense and the defense, both had a good day. One is going to be good and one isn't when you're playing against each other. Coach Morris also used to say as the head coach, Either way, I'm going home upset because somebody didn't do well. <laughs> so he could never have it good both ways. But, uh, you know, I think the pitching is, uh, you know, some of the younger guys are starting to show. We're trying. We're going to make a decision, J.D. and myself, probably uh, after Sunday will be our last scrimmage uh, before, you know, we start Friday, next Friday, that is, against Florida. So we'll make an announcement there on our rotation. Guys are still battling. I have an idea. I just don't know where they're going to fit in who's one two three and you know four and of course trying to figure out our bullpen i was very happy with the way some of the guys threw today in our scrimmage we played eight and a half innings today and some of the pitchers that are fighting hard to find uh roles in our uh staff i thought helped themselves out today some of them uh, some of them didn't but some of them did and so uh and we've got three more inter squads friday saturday and sunday and to make our decisions, at least for the beginning of the year, and it can always change. You know, the lineup can change. Certainly the rotation can change, but we're going to go with the guys that are the most consistent at that time. They're giving us the best chance to win. So in all of those pitching decisions you have to make, is closer one of them, or has that, been, is that job has that job been won? It's, it's, no, it hasn't been won, but it's uh, certainly there's a player that's probably uh, got a – you know, a lead into that role. So, uh, but these next, you know, we have a couple guys that are battling for that uh, spot and they'll throw, I believe both guys will throw two more times, one, one inning, another two innings. So 
they'll throw a couple more times and they'll like I told them, you guys, I mean, you're going to, you know, Coach Morris also you say this, you're, you're, you're going to make the lineup. I know I write it, but you're in, at the end of the day, you guys are making out the lineup, whether it's a closer or a setup or a long guy or, a, you know, whatever. The Friday night guy, you'll make it out by how you play and perform, and, and I'm just going to write it down. And so those these next three inner squads are going to be extremely important. And, again, because there's more players on campus now, we only have 35, which is – normally the max limit you can have on your roster but this year it's unlimited because of the covid they opened the rules up it's unlimited rosters i gotta believe our roster will be one of the smaller rosters in the country because i i know there's some teams out there with it well into the 40s uh roster sizes but still it's extremely competitive they know it everybody wants to play and uh, they're all battling hard and uh you know we'll, we'll, we'll know soon enough does the dog does the dog get into the rotation? Oh, the dog's in the rotation when we walk outside. Yeah, he's, he's, our dog's name is Brady, so he's happy after. Oh, no uh, after wonder the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, no wonder he's barking. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna open the season uh, with the Gators. That's a one heck of a way to start the season. It is. It's not normal, uh, you know, for us to be on the road. Openings. I can't remember the last time. I think it was 1997. We went to Hawaii. That's a long time ago. Um, but which was my first year coaching, believe it or not. Um, but we we um, we knew with the COVID, you know, as time went on, the schedule was going to change. And uh, boy, did it ever! They, you know, it, it's it's crazy. We're, we instead of the ACC has taken six games from us, so instead of playing 56, we're playing 50 games. And those are midweek games, by the way. We're, we're going to continue to play all our weekend series. But they also, on top of that, added two weekend series, two ACC series on the weekends. So we're playing at a 14 weekend schedule. We, 12 of them are in the ACC. The only team we don't play in the ACC is Notre Dame, and of course we got Florida. Then we'll play Appalachian State in the um, during exams in early May, and then we got our midweek games, which is not many. Um, you know, because again, we're losing six games. So I believe we have eight games, three against FIU. I mean, three against FAU, three against Florida Gulf Coast, two against FIU. It's going to be one of the tougher schedules we've ever done. More games on the road than we've ever played. Half the games are on the road, you know, basically. And, um, you know, we need to be ready to play. But again, <clears throat> we got to be a program that can handle this. I mean, if we're going to be a program that we preach about to our players all the time. If we want to say we're one of the best programs in the country, then we need to be able to step up to this challenge. All right, last thing for you. Do you expect to be a power-hitting team? You know what? I do. I think that's something we have been the last few years, and that shouldn't change. And I'm hoping we got a few more guys in the lineup that can run. And whether it's stealing bases or not, it's just that, that speed, the element of it just being in the lineup and having it, should put more pressure on the defense. We we should have a little bit more balance with guys that have run. I've been kind of, you know, uh, tied a little bit uh, in terms of putting on things with our team uh, in the few few first few years of coaching because we have hit the ball out of the ballpark and we haven't really had a lot of guys that can really run. I think we have a few more guys in the lineup that can do that. But yeah, I, I would say uh, the power game hopefully is still a part of our offense. Well. Uh, always looking forward to uh, talking with you. It's always great to speak with you. 
hopefully somehow I'll be able to see you. I, I'm not quite sure how we'll figure that out, but yeah. I'll wave or something for yeah. the uh, Virginia Tech series. Uh, home opener yeah. is February the 26th, so uh, we'll yeah. talk to you next week, I suppose. Uh, I hope. I look forward to it, Joe. It's always good talking with you. All right. Thanks, June. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. That's uh, University of Miami baseball coach Gino Damari joining us on the show. Thanks to uh, Matt Wilson for producing our show. Old Blue, Larry Bluestein is coming up next with the South Florida High School Report. And he has Pat Narduzzi on, head coach of uh, University of Pittsburgh. So what a whale of a three hours we've had here coming up. Coach L, Gino, Katie, Bubba Bolden, Don Bailey, Larry Bluestein, Pat Narduzzi, man alive. What a great three hours uh, you'll have of college uh, talk and high school talk. So stay tuned for Blue coming up next. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.